Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to this Thanksgiving Day edition of the Baby Bowl here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. I am Wes Easley, one of your hosts at Loafing It on Twitter. Don't forget to follow the show at FI Today with that little underscore over on Twitter as well. And make sure you like, you subscribe, you do all those things, whatever listening platform you like to listen to the show on. Ooh, ooh, but here's something I I, I got to ask everybody to do. Rob, I, I, let me get Rob Norton in here, the daddy of the Baby Bowl, at Norton0723 over on Twitter. Rob, I got I to gotta ask everybody. Everybody, because they're they're all, everybody's going out and they're sitting down with their families. They're eating stuff. They're driving there right now. They're listening to the podcast. At least that's what I have envisioned in my head, Rob. That's what they're doing. They got you know mashed potatoes and turkey in the back seat of the car and everything. It's bumping around and all. When you get there, if you know people who like football and they're football fans and they happen to like to play in different kinds of DraftKings stuff and everything, tell them about the Baby Bowl playoffs. Because, Rob, the Baby Bowl playoffs are right around the corner. I got a sneaky suspicion my fantasy league is about to open that up for you to be able to start advertising it everywhere and to be able to get people signed up, Rob. Yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Um, yeah, as soon as they uh, do open that up, I'm going to try to get on that so I don't procrastinate as much uh, as usual. Um, so, yeah, hopefully hopefully uh, they'll uh, open that up pretty soon here and I can uh, start getting that set up and everyone, getting everyone signed up. You know what it means that I'm so excited for the Baby Bowl playoffs? You know why that is? <laughs> why is that? Because I stink in the Baby Bowl. That's why. Because all my <laughs> players are used up. I have nobody else to use. I'm ready for a fresh slate. But, no, I got that Baby Bowl playoff strategy that you and I will talk about as the as play, Baby Bowl playoffs approach a little bit more on how to navigate through the win. You know, you want to pick losers on winning teams or winners on losing teams. I don't, I don't know. You know I, I get all confused on that stuff. But I get so excited around that time. That's one of my favorite contests, Rob, of the entire fantasy football season is the Baby Bowl playoffs. So I appreciate you putting all that together. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that for sure. It's definitely a fun, unique contest and uh, presents a different challenge and it's a whole different animal. That's for sure. Animal. Okay. Well, maybe it, speaking of animals, you have uh, invited somebody onto the podcast tonight who is in the baby bowl chat rooms and he's in those kind of things. And we just found out he has got a very difficult life. So I we really appreciate <laughs> Drew DeLuca being on the podcast tonight with us at Drew Delaware over on Twitter. Thank you, Drew, for joining us. My pleasure. And, and I said you have a very difficult life. It's, it's Probably Thanksgiving is, is even more so. Tell everybody your situation there in your house. I was very surprised to hear uh, <laughs> what you had yeah. to navigate through on a daily basis. <laughs> oh, no, I just I, I just have four children. You know, that's, that's all I was for. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> You said said 17, 8, 6, and... 17, 6, 4, and 11 months. Shoot. Yep. So never a dull moment. Yeah. Yeah, I always... I, I compare. I got the I got the fifteen year old and then the seven year old, and I always compare my house to a Tom and Jerry cartoon. Is the way I I don't even know what yours is then. (laughs) <laughs> well, it's fun because we were uh, looking at colleges this summer and changing diapers along the way. So just just oh, as nature yeah. intended, you know, <laughs> so, yeah. something, something. Hey, Rob, our week uh, 10 winner, we're we we're in week number 12 now. So our week 11 winner of the Baby Bowl wasn't able to join us. But could you tell everybody who that was? Destiny Erickson ended up uh, finishing on top. OK, Destiny Erickson. And, and she had a winning score of what? 141.4. That's a good one. That's a good winning yeah. score. We've got a lot of games, so we won't we won't look at 
in hindsight on, on all those things. But uh, 141, that's a good that's a good baseball score. It's not the low one. You know, it's not on the low side of things. That's right there in the middle. That's a good winning score. Uh, tell everybody then, what about the leaderboard, Rob? Has, has anything in the leaderboard changed? Do it from 10 to 1, my friend. Uh, we had a couple, maybe one or two sneak in here and in, in the bottom. Net number 10 is at Mr. Riddick. Uh, his name is Josh Jacobs, 1274 at nine uh, at KBD cards, Juan signs, 1285 okay. um, at eight Corey Easterday, uh, also 1285 at seven at Jay Crockett, 24 at 1286. Oh, that's really close. Cl- you think about that. Yeah. You think about 10 to 10 to six or wherever you are right now. That's just really close right there. It's not very many points it's, separating everybody. Yeah. They can, they could switch around quick. Sixth is at Dan Gillis, 1973. Uh, 1290 at 5th is uh, Jeff Milner at geek underscore mill 1303 4th at into the lab pod 1323 3rd oh. place yep 3rd place is where it jumps up a little bit from 1322 to 1370 at at K Tompkins SI or II Kevin Tompkins 2nd place is myself 1376 and 1st place is still my wife 1378 wow <laughs> yeah and and it really it looks like even from fifth place all the way to first then that's that's i want to say a week score maybe that's just my week score of 70 points you know (laughs) that at baseball every once in a while but you know it's it's not it's not it's 70 points is very manageable it's very doable and then you're talking about the 1270s that's still just 100 points separating everybody one bad week man one bad week it's interesting to see all that uh the different the different totals there rob it really is. It's a. Uh, it's crunched in there. Um, it's funny too, cause so my wife is like, she's really she, she's to be honest, she's really shocked that she's hanging in there on first, and she she keeps asking me like each like throughout the, throughout the day on Sunday, cause I think I've you know talked about how we how we go through the process in the morning yeah, of yeah. setting her lineup and stuff, and then um, throughout the day I'll kind of like give her little updates on which players are doing well for her and and things like that, and. Um, so then she was asking me because she knew heading into the night she had uh, Pacheco on Sunday night mm-hmm. and she was behind me by a certain amount. And I kept telling her, I was like, you just need this amount to catch me for the week. And as long as you catch me for the week, you stay ahead. And he got like exactly that amount. Uh-huh. And uh, so she stayed ahead by two points. And so she's she's constantly checking to see if she's <laughs> all she cares about is, is beating me, though. That's, a, that's all that matters to her. <laughs> Uh, we got Drew DeLuca on here with us on the Baby Bull Podcast, and Drew is actually, at, what did you finish on Fantasy Pros 2021 Top 10 Draft Ranker? Is that how that's, that worked? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, so I was in the Top 10 uh, for the draft rankings last year, uh, and then I'm doing pretty pretty solid this year. Not Didn't have a very good week this past week, but uh, number one overall uh, in week six and number two overall in week seven this year. So, but uh, I've had some ups and downs and this was, this has been a down week, but I'm going to bounce back this week. So, so a draft okay. ranker is that's where all your preseason rankings are heading into the season. Is that what that is? That's correct. Yes. So. And where they finish on a weekly basis or for, for the whole season. So that the okay. draft ranking is, is uh, where you're, Basically, with the kind of like a sheet, a cheat sheet you take with you to your draft in August, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and how does that stack up against those of the other experts? So was, okay. uh, I was in the top ten. It's pretty solid. Who who was your number one quarterback heading into the year? Oh, I don't. Uh, last year? Uh, yeah. Or this year. Okay. This year. This year. Ah, uh, uh, probably uh, Josh uh, Allen. Probably was that Allen. a bad? Was that a bad question? Was- 
<laughs> that's, I thought that's the game we were playing. I, well, I, I mean, I have four kids, so I can't remember last year. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Fair, so, fair. So yeah. Fair. So yeah, okay. I, I, I was, I was uh, this year. I, had, I definitely had uh, J- uh, Josh Allen high. Yeah. I had Jalen Hurts pretty high, which is which works out. Uh, but I also had Kyler Murray kind of high, which is going to hurt. So. <laughs> what about what about your number one receiver? Because Rob and I talked about the number one receiver here a couple of different times, and heading like into week six or seven of this year, it looked like Stephon Diggs was going to be able to be that guy as far as the number one receiver at least finish there. Uh, but I think the cold weather and stuff might hurt that along the way. But before the season, we talked about a Jameer Chase possibility, Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup. Of course, that probably was everybody's top ten uh, top number one receiver. Yeah, I actually had Justin Jefferson as my number one, and uh, I think Cooper Cup too. But I did have Diggs pretty high. I definitely had him in my top five. Uh, might have even had three or four. So where did you think Jameer? Where did you guys think Jameer Chase, Chase was going? Yeah, same, same, same room. Those are the top five for sure. Okay, like, okay. I can't remember mm-hmm. the exact. I had Chase in there also for sure. Yeah, with injury, that kind of hurt things, Rob, this year for Tamir Chase's, you know, overall outlook of where he's going to finish is from a fantasy perspective. But did you think he was living up to that top five billing that maybe was coming into the season with? Because I know the narrative for you was that those big volume plays that he had from last season are really hard to replicate uh, it going into this year. Yeah, that was that was something I was a little bit worried about. I think I had him. I don't know if I had him third or fourth. Um, but I had like him and Diggs like right there, third and fourth. I don't remember which one I had on which I uh, hadn't heading into the year, but um, yeah, I was a little bit a little bit worried about that. But I figured I, I did figure like that he was going to see an uptick in volume to help offset offset that. Um, it's usually kind of what happens. We saw it similar to uh, AJ Brown after he had just a really ridiculous uh, rookie year, like in terms of efficiency. You see that uptick in volume to help offset some of what's like a very likely regression in efficiency. So um, I still had him, still had him really high. Uh, he struggled a little bit out of the gates and then really picked it up before getting this hip injury. And, and so I'm hoping, I'm hoping with the time off, um, we can see him. I'm a little bit uh, nervous about it. Uh, considering the nature of the injury and, and things like that, but hopefully, hopefully we see him come back strong and, and finish the year strong. That, that'll yeah. be good. I think one thing that helps him is they have uh, T. Higgins on the other side mm. to kind of mm-hmm. uh, take some, take some of the heat off him a little bit. That 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 should help out a little bit there. So I, I, that was one of the reasons I did not have Chase as my number one because I, yeah, I, I looked at I looked at Higgins on the other side as a as a guy who's going to get a ton of volume in his own right, and uh, I presume that the Bengals would be in a lot of positive game scripts so that they wouldn't need to quite throw the ball yeah. as much. So uh, I had him a little lower in my projections than some, but I still had him top five, uh, definitely top 10, right? If not top five, but maybe right outside of it, but it was pretty close to that. Yeah. You also know Tyler, you also know Tyler Boyd's going to have those one or two games where he's the guy. It feels like sometimes uh, mm-hmm. whenever the, the Cincinnati Bengals play, all right, guys, we got to get into this. We got a million games. We're going to walk everybody through the entire uh, DraftKings slate. The, DraftKings was a little weird. They didn't have the early games in there. So we're going to talk about those couple of early games this week because we do have Detroit at, uh-oh, uh-oh, I'm, I'm completely on the wrong page, matchups and scores. I got her now, fellas. I got her now, except I'm in baseball. All right. Well, you know, yeah, Buffalo Bills at the Detroit Lions. I think this one is the highest point total out of all of them. What what is the point total like? Fifty three or fifty four, something like that? Isn't that right? I believe I so. 
Yeah, yeah I, I think it is. I think it is. And, and they're staying in Detroit as well. The Buffalo Bills are. So this looks like a big explosion game for a baby bowl purposes, Rob. Who do you look at? Because I know a lot of people don't have a Josh Allen left or a Stephon Diggs left, maybe. If they do, you're playing those guys, right? But is there anybody else out of here that's a sneaky baby bowl boom play, Rob, for you out of this Buffalo-Detroit game? Yeah, um, I do think that, I mean, obviously we're deep into the season, so you might have used a lot of running backs. Devin Singletary is an interesting one um, that people may still have available. Um, obviously, like you said, with Josh Allen and Diggs, it's it's no-brainers if you got them. Uh, but mo- I'm guessing most people probably already played them. Um, Gabe Davis is another one, and uh, and Dawson Knox. Those are the three that kind of like are are not the main, you know, your main, main guys, but... Um, people still might have left in the baby pool um, that okay. could be good this week. We got to hold off on playing James Cook, right, Drew, a little bit, uh, wait until maybe he has more of an opportunity. I don't I don't know. He did really well last week. Yeah, he, I, I think it's a little bit too soon for, for James Cook. I think he if this, this could be one where he does hit because uh, this presumably is going to be a positive game script in all likelihood for the Bills where that seems to be where Cook's been uh, doing most of his dirty work is in the second half for the most part. So, and he's been quite productive when he's given the, given the opportunities, but uh, yeah, I think it's a little too soon for him. And I think, I think Singletary is definitely the better play for sure. Um, if you, if you haven't used them. And I, I, I agree, uh, Rob, I really like Gabe Davis a lot this week as a sneaky uh, boom play uh, for this format for sure. Okay. When I look at the Detroit Lions, I'm not sure what's going on in the running back room, Drew, between, well, I do know what's going on. It seems like <laughs> Williams is getting all the touchdowns and Swift is, I don't want to say an afterthought, but it looks like they're preserving him a little bit more, maybe taking it easy on him. Uh, who do you, do you have a preferred play in this one between the Swift and, and Williams? Well, Williams has been out snapping Swift, frankly, uh, for the last three weeks. So in weeks 9 and 10 and 11, Jamal Williams had a 61%, 40%, and 48% snap share to out DeAndre Swift 16, 31, and 31, respectively. So the last three weeks, Williams has been just, frankly, seeing the ball more. He's been seeing the field more. Uh, And uh, he's definitely done, obviously, we've seen his name in, in lights a lot more in the end zone, for sure. Uh, I mean, we all we've been waiting for that swift uh, you know, bounce back game. It just hasn't hasn't happened. And I'm at the point now where I'm starting to lose a little faith. Uh, and I, I kind of had to pick one or the other. Probably going to lean Jamal. Uh, you know, I don't like doing it, but that's kind of where we are. And I guess the other concerning thing for me is I saw Justin Jeff, Justin Jackson right. had a 37 percent snap share last week, which was more than swift. And that's, that's that- definitely concerning. That's crazy how it became yeah. a three-headed backfield all of a right. sudden. And yeah. and then, you know, as we said, the Williams is the guy who is getting all the touchdown looks as, as far as inside the red zone and stuff. So yeah. that's really strange. Uh, Rob, mm-hmm. I know we talk about using quarterbacks a lot. A lot of quarterbacks are getting elevated right now into starting positions. Does that mean we don't want to play somebody like Jared Goff this week? We'll, look, look, a reminder here, right? Uh, only 17 weeks here at the Bay Bowl. So we're in week 12. So we got 12, 13, 14, 15. 16, 17. We got six more weeks. We got six quarterbacks to choose from. Surely we're not having to choose a Jared Goff this week, right? Yeah, I'd avoid it. Um, the only, I mean, there's two, there's two positive things going for him is likely negative game strip, which means more, more dropbacks, possible more garbage time production and playing in a dome. So like those two things are things that I like to see. But I mean, other than that, I don't really want to go there if I, don't have to. Yeah. Uh, so in baby bowl purposes, purposes, I'm probably going to avoid them. 
you know what we're going to do next week? We're going to look at the schedules, like remaining schedules of the of the teams. We can't do that this week, but next week, uh, whenever there more time permits here, we're going to look at some of the remaining schedules so we can be a little bit more strategic of when we want to play somebody, when we're going to hold off. I know we touched on that a little bit last last week on some of these guys. This week with Thanksgiving, it's just too hard. Too hard for a bread man to put all that stuff together. But uh, <laughs> next week we will do that because we do have to be strategic about that. When we look at you know the upcoming schedules on stuff, we don't want to leave any big names left in our player pool for the baby bowl. But at the same time, when I only got five weeks to think about or so, I can I can really start narrowing that selection down, Rob, a little bit more of when I want to play somebody when I don't want to play them. Yeah, it's an interesting aspect, you know, to Baby Bowl as it comes down to the end of the year. And, you know, we talk about it all the time that you don't really it's 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 really a, a fine line that you're trying to, you know, toe between playing guys, playing all your making sure you play all your studs, don't leave any on the table, um, whether you wait too long and now you can't use them, all these different kind of things. And then also trying to get them in the right matchup, too, though, like you're you're trying to. Uh, find that find that uh, sweet spot between all of that, and uh, as the season comes down, you know you got more strategy to get, that goes into it. Boy, you think about that too, Drew. I'm I'm gonna include you in this on part because there there's strategy in there because there might be some teams wrapping their players in bubble wrap. Or there might be players that are like, okay, we fought one like one game all year long. I'm not going to play week 17. You know, I'm not going to forget it. Week 16, I'm done. I think Brandon Cooks might be falling in there. Not that we want to use him for baseball purposes <laughs> or anything like that. But we may want to try and save some of those contender teams that are right there in the midst of playoff hunt for those later weeks too, Drew. I, th- I think that's a good strategy. I agree. And, and uh, I mean, you can't be gun shy, too, about uh, going after starting your studs early uh. Uh, either, because, I mean, the injuries play a role, too. And you know, now now Justin Fields is banged up and he was looking like a guy that I haven't really I kind of had him in my back pocket. And I don't think I'd use him yet, if I remember correctly. Mm. Um, and and uh, now and I'm a little skittish because I don't know what's happening with that shoulder. And, uh, you know, if in a, in a bad game script, they might yank them, re- reduce the risk of injury in a, in a bad situation. You never know what, what's going to happen there. So it's just that's something to keep in mind as well. So I think you, I think you uh, when you, you got to seize the moment, I think, and play uh, play guys in good your studs in good matchups when you can. <laughs> I don't know what to do now. I'm so yeah. confused. Uh, New York Giants at the Dallas Cowboys, 45 and a half point total for this one. And Drew, last week, it seemed like that Saquon Barkley kind of took a, I don't want to say more of a backseat. Maybe he was in the passenger. <laughs> seat of the of driving the New York Giants ship because Matt Breida got more carries last week and I'm kind of thinking that maybe that was to save him for this matchup against the Dallas Cowboys that's very very important for the New York Giants playoff chances yeah I don't exactly know uh, what happened last time it's almost like an anomaly that's how I'm looking at it with with uh, Saquon last week so he did play 76 percent of the snaps but to uh, to Breda's twenty percent, so Breda played fifteen snaps to Barkley's fifty eight. So uh, I, I'm not really worried about him going Breda going forward. The snap share that he had is pretty consistent with where what the usage he got before. He had that the, the nice uh, you know cameo in the end zone, which is unusual for for Matt Breda. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I I think this is this is Barkley's team and Barkley's backfield. Let's not make any mistake about it. So I, I the only thing that worries me about Saquon Barkley this week is the Dallas Cowboys defense because they're pretty sure. strong. So, uh, but uh, again, you talk about your studs, you talk about, you know, the fact that he's a volume back, the fact that even in a negative game script, he's probably going to have some participation in the passing game, especially after the Giants lost with Wandale Robinson. Uh, you know, I kind of feel like he's going to see the ball a little more out of the backfield. So I think he's a safe play this week, uh, even despite the matchup. 
Rob, Drew is bringing the heat tonight, baby. He's bringing the heat uh, this <laughs> evening. I know that uh, your guy, Daniel Jones, is a running quarterback. This is going to be in a dome, Rob. This is everything that you dream <laughs> of for Daniel Jones. But we can't play Daniel Jones this week against the Dallas Cowboys, can we? No, no. Yeah, it's another one where it's like you got the you got the potential or projected uh, potential game script in his favor for more dropbacks. You got in a dome. Um, that's good news for the Dallas Cowboys defense, Rob. It is. It is. Uh, I always. That's the thing is, I always like. I like that for quarterbacks, but I also like that for for defenses too, because obviously you can't get a sack if they're not dropping back to pass. You can't get a pick if they're not throwing a pass. So, um, I, I, you know, that's a common misconception. I feel like with a lot of people when they when they play against uh, when they play their defenses, you want you want teams to drop back. You want them to throw more. You you, you want those chances. Um, so, but yeah, Daniel Jones. I probably still am going to like him more than most people will because they're going to be really, really gun shy just because he runs, he does run a good amount. So it helps bring the floor up a little bit. Um, like I said, the game script should be in his favor for more dropbacks. Obviously this is a really tough matchup though. Um, I'm trying to avoid him if I can. Okay. And that's for yeah. favorable purposes, DraftKings purposes. Like you said, you like him a little bit, but not, not much. So, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on Jones. I'm not out necessarily on Jones. I'm a little bit I'm a little bit hesitant. Uh, but mm-hmm. let me give you let me give you mentioned that he's a running quarterback. Let me give you the list of quarterbacks who have more rushing yards than Daniel Jones this season: Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Justin Hurts. That's it. Yep. So wow. he's right there, and he's only what six yards behind uh, Jalen Hurts in the same amount of games. So which, I mean, he, yeah, which is crazy because no one you you ask anyone who has more rushing yards, Jalen Hurts or Daniel Jones and, and instant 99% of people are going to say Jalen Hurts, just the perception of both of them. And really they're almost dead heat. Yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, I, I do. The part that scares me about Jones is losing Wandale because he, he finally had that breakout game. We finally had some answers in that passing game. And now it's just, it's Darius Slayton against, uh, you know, Trayvon Diggs. And uh, uh, that doesn't sit well with me. And I don't know what other kind of options he's got. His, his yeah. tight end room is a mess. The wide receiver room is a mess. And so he really, really does have to rely on his legs and Saquon out of the backfield. And I, I just, I don't, I don't see the ceiling there to, to warrant the, playing him in in this format i was i was i used jones last week actually uh he had 24 24 points oh, good and job. so and i, I was i think i timed that one well i also used slayton also which he did okay uh but uh i wish i was gonna i wish i had played wandale <laughs> so uh, <laughs> but, uh, you, you got all the juice out of jones that you could possibly get that's yeah a, that's a good ceiling yeah. game good job picking him rob from the dallas Cowboys side of yeah. things who are we playing this week? Because even the New York Giants defense seems to be a little bit banged up. I think that uh, the the defense coordinator for the Giants will be able to get after Dallas a little bit. Does that open anything up for any of these players, or, or are we just there's nobody you wouldn't want to play? I mean, Ceedee Lamb is an every week play really for me. Right. Um, so uh, he's he's certainly fine. Um, Dalton Schultz, I think, is still fine too. Um, mm-hmm. he, he's he had a down kind of a down week last week but um before that he was he was picking it up and probably gonna have him as a top five option this week overall so if you haven't used him i'd still i'd I'd look at using him um pollard pollard obviously he's been on a crazy heater um some of it's been as a you know the lead guy with zeke out and then obviously zeke came back and he was still awesome um it was a lot of big plays i mean you can't expect it to happen pollard's explosive but you could probably still use him. I mean, I'm, my my expectation though is that most people use Pollard and Baby Ball already, so I don't really want to, you know, say say much with him. Um, 
but yeah, uh, Lamb, Lamb and Schultz are probably the two guys. If you have would, them, that'd be most likely. I would want to say Pollard too. I think that he'll get more carries. I, I think that Zeke is going to be one of those players that's wrapped in bubble wrap. If the Dallas Cowboys can clinch a playoff spot and they may just want to save him for the playoff playoffs you know what i mean like and to utilize him in a better way and so i think pollard might be able to if if i had pollard still left in my baseball pool i'm probably waiting to play him on a week when zeke isn't playing i I, it doesn't matter when it doesn't matter when you play pollard right he's he has that potential big play time every single time so it doesn't it doesn't really matter at this point oh i'm I'm very bullish on pollard just to throw that in there Mm -hmm. Uh, i mean you're talking about zeke coming off of an injury on a short week uh i and uh i think zeke Zeke had the majority of the goal line carries but pollard definitely dominated the, the touches still and obviously he had a huge huge game um and uh so i i have zero qualms about playing pollard this week at all i'm yeah. very bullish on him and i also agree on schultz i like him a lot they uh cowboys had four rushing touchdowns this past week you gotta you gotta know defenses are gonna be selling out to try to keep that from happening again and that's just gonna mm-hmm. spell good things i think for schultz i think he has a bounce back game that's a solid point drew uh, next game new england at minnesota uh, we got this game total only at 42 and a half this is in minnesota this is prime time cousins right right <laughs> so we're, we're staying away from prime time cousins but it seems like a bounce back <laughs> spot too uh, rob I, you and i were talking before the show here and and it's really weird to me that the new england patriots defense on DraftKings is only 3k it it almost seems like a setup spot there from DraftKings to make everybody want to play New England, and that's when all of a sudden you know the the Minnesota Vikings start smashing. You know, so it just it seems like I'm being set up with that New England Patriot price. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I was mentioning it to you before the show. Like the the Vikings are almost somewhat like the Chargers to me in in of the NFC, where one week they look like they're one of the best teams, and the next week they're getting destroyed. And it's just like you can't really get a full read on them. And so yeah, I, I it's it's tough for me because I I obviously they have stud players on offense like Jefferson and Cook, um, Thielen, Salad, Hawkinson's been really good since he's come over. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. I I really don't know what to do too much with them. Obviously, you're playing the studs, but for baby bowl purposes, this isn't really an attractive game for me uh, with a lower total. Usually, Patriots games in general aren't too attractive. I think honestly, one of my favorite plays um, in the whole game would be Jacoby Myers. Um, just just from a standpoint of going against a weaker. Weaker secondary. I think their I think their slot corner is is pretty rough in in Minnesota, if I remember correctly. And then uh, he's you know he's a guy that sees a lot of volume. Should be a game script where they drop back more in a dome. You know I was going to mention that. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, so I kind of like Jacoby Myers the most. Yeah, Pierre and I on the draft on DFS Dreamer podcast, which we do have by the way. It's a pinned tweet over there on the Fantasy Impact Today Twitter handle FI Today with a little underscore. It, it's a pinned tweet over there, and underneath the podcast pin tweet is an entry form for DraftKings there for our Thursday slate and it'll be one for our Sunday slate as well for the DFS streamer podcast and Pierre and I was talking about how it feels like we're going to end up stacking some of the well I I said I was going to Pierre said he's not Uh, Minnesota Vikings (laughs) and and Jacoby Myers and I'm sitting there going wow I'm going to need more pieces of pumpkin pie for that because it's just going to make me sick to my stomach probably (laughs) if I end up stacking up a bunch of Kirk Cousins shares and everything Drew 
this backfield for New England Patriots, when we're sitting here looking at it, I know Damian Harris had a lot of stats last week, but it still looked like Stevenson's backfield from a snap share count and from a, a productivity count for me. Absolutely. Uh, Stevenson had a 78% snap share. Uh, and he's still the man there. Um, I'm not worried about Damian Harris. And I love uh, Ramondre Stevenson this week. Uh, he's that Vikings uh, run defense is definitely uh, susceptible to, you know, a, a guy of uh, Stevenson's caliber. And uh, I think the last three weeks, there's only two defenses that have allowed more fantasy points per game to running backs than the Vikings. That's the Browns and the Giants. So uh, I think I think it's definitely a plus matchup for for Ramondre. Uh, he's definitely a worthwhile go. All yeah. right. All right. Denver at Carolina, guys, 36-point total. Oh, sorry. I had to yawn. I was just getting <laughs> the yawn out of me. Whenever they, uh, Denver, But this one's weird. It's, it, it, uh, which quarterback do you prefer in this game, Drew? I don't, <laughs> that's a terrible question, isn't it? Because Carolina, they're, they're starting this week. They're, they're, they're starting uh, Sam Darnold. And you, would yeah. you rather play Sam Darnold or Russell Wilson? Now, think Russell about that Wilson. for a minute. No, no, no. Yeah. Think about that. <laughs> I did. Russell Wilson. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not saying that with a lot of enthusiasm, if you'll, if, but, but Russell Wilson. So, yeah. So, it, I'm, I, the, I, I just, the Panthers are just a mess right now. And I just, I, I, I hope that uh, Dan, Darnold can unlock uh, DJ Moore. That's my one, my one hope takeaway from this game. But uh, uh, at some point, you, I mean, it's th- it's like Thanksgiving weekend, right? Russ has to cook at some point, so <laughs> maybe maybe this is the weekend where he finally does it, and it's just the irony of all things. So who knows? I thought it was going to be last week, Rob, against Las Vegas, and it didn't end up happening either. Right. And you know, I, it, I I just don't know. I want to give up hope on that. It does. Would you guys see that stuff with Melvin Gordon being released and how he was playing? <laughs> <laughs> I was playing that guy's song, whatever, fancy or fa- whatever. I don't know who it is. But, uh, Rob, for you, when you look at the backfield for this, is Latavius Murray going to take over this backfield? Do we got to worry about a Marlon Mack at all or Mike Boone, who's going to be coming off of the IR? Um, I think, I mean, I think at least for this week, Latavius, but I, I did see, I think he popped up on the injury report. So that's mm-hmm. something to monitor. Um yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I really, but for baby really, purposes, Murray's Murray's got to be in there now. Well, that's what. Yeah, I was gonna say he's interesting for baby bowl purposes because as we talk about, you know, it, it could be the best possible week to use him the rest of the way. I mean, in, in a game where they're favored against the, you know, a bad team, and I mean, maybe you just don't want to play him all year though. That's a that's a possibility too. So sure. I don't blame you if you don't want to. So, but it, this could be this could end up being the best week to use him uh, the rest of the season. So that's something to think about. Any I agree. Ba- okay. Yeah. Any other baseball booms out of all that? Because yeah, the Tavis Murray is one that moves up to the. I'm just looking at the rest of the field here, and I'm going ah, there, there's just uh, not the field, but this game, and I'm going. I don't know if there's any other player that I want to play in this game. Anybody? Yeah. No, <laughs> that's say, yeah, that's, that's where I think that's where we're at with this game. It's yeah, lots of baby bull busts. The whole game yes. is a punt. Yeah, it's a punt. It really is. Yeah, I, I, except I, for Latavius. Yeah. Yes. Yep. All right. All right. So that's <laughs> Latavius Murray, the baby yeah. bull boom. Okay. Yeah. Next. I, mean, I, may, I guess I can make you can make a case for Cortland Sutton, maybe. Uh, but but uh, yeah. it's a potential potentially if you're looking for a flex option, I, I could make a case for. For him, I mean, he's he's been getting fair, uh, decent enough target share. Uh, he's obviously playing ninety some percent of his snaps. Uh, I mean, I, I I don't feel great about it, but he's he does have eighteen targets over the last two weeks. So 
Um, 11 in, in week 10, seven last week. And so he has, Wes Wilson has to throw to somebody and it's not like the Carolina Panthers or the 85 bears. So, uh, I mean, I, if you needed, if you need, if you're really desperate and, and you're looking for, you know, a, a what the heck play, I mean, he does have the ceiling. We, I don't think anyone can deny that Cortland Sutton has a ceiling, but it's just that floor is just so scary. Yeah. I kind of wish, I, I think I put him in the category where I, well, I want Jerry Judy in there mm-hmm. to be able to play alongside Carol. Sutton, mm-hmm. And then it takes some of the attention off of Sutton. So I think that it kind of splits the defense maybe a little bit more and gives Russ a couple more options. Not that hold that's on, necessary. Hold on. You, you don't think that Kendall Hinton is going to take it. No, I'm <laughs> I can't say that with a straight face. Let's just go on. <laughs> Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Rob Norton's Cleveland Browns. Rob, this point totals at 43. And my biggest question to you is this. And, and I, I, I say it. And then I look at the, Stay, uh, the standings, the record of the Cleveland Browns, and they're just three and seven. So I understand why. But what has Jacoby Brissett done to lose the job, other than not win games? But I don't, I don't want to say that's even his fault, Rob. I, I, and then you got Deshaun Watson coming in off the sidelines to do it. It almost seems like I, I, I want to keep Jacoby Brissett in there, man. Yeah, I mean, I understand it. Yeah, he's he's. He... Brissett's been better than expected, honestly. I think um, he's 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 been solid for them. He he uh, he's had some ups and downs, but you know he he hasn't been he hasn't been bad. He's been basically you know uh, above average or slightly av- about average quarterback, and that's all you can kind of hope for from a from a career backup kind of guy. But Deshaun Watson, I mean, aside from off the field things, put that I mean, put that aside. But he's in terms of pure on the field talent like he's okay. he's got some of the best so i mean numbers of all time really so we're not going to start jacoby Brissett this game if you haven't started him yet in the baby bowl not a great spot to put him in in tampa bay uh, coming off the bye week right so we're not we're staying away from him yeah i, w- I wouldn't just because i don't think he'd be in a, a position for me a, a guy that i even want to start all year that's the only okay. reason i don't i don't hate the spot but i just don't really care one way or another about playing him whether i do or not this year <laughs> he didn't make the top he didn't make the top 17 tom brady did though i know at the beginning of the season is this a baby bowl boom week for tom brady uh i mean the browns defense isn't that great uh they're more susceptible to the run though so yeah yeah take take that for what it's worth but um i i don't i wouldn't shy away from brady i don't think he's like my main he wouldn't be like a main target for me but uh, it's also one i'm not scared of playing they got to get that game. They got to concentrate, though. It's not about victories. Tampa Bay has to get right going into the playoffs. That's what this is about. The whole season's about the playoffs, and they got to get right at some point. And I understand they can get the win, but I don't. I don't think they want to run the ball until they have to run the ball in this game. In my opinion, they got to get the passing game right, and if they don't do that, they have no playoff shots. And I think I'm looking long term here, and Tom Brady has an eye like that too. But I, I can understand why you'd want to run the ball against these Cleveland Browns, and if they did do that that drew who is that hot hand approach because i know that's what the coaches said they're going to stick with the hot hand approach is it fournette or white for you if you had to pick one for the baby bowl well fournette still is hurt last i knew i like I, I haven't seen him cleared off the injury report if he's gone if he has it's news to me but last i saw he was questionable mm-hmm. uh, he didn't play he didn't play last week uh and uh rashad white has looked pretty good he looked pretty good last week so i think if uh if fournette is at all limited i want rashad white in there and if fournette's not playing I love Rashad White this week against the Browns mm-hmm. and that off atrocious run defense. So I, he's a guy that uh, that uh, you talk about. You know, when's the best week to use Latavius Murray? Uh, if, if if Fournette's not playing, I'm playing Rashad White. You know, five you know, ten times out of ten over Latavius Murray for sure. Okay. Same. That's- mm-hmm. 
explosiveness too with him and if Fournette is a little bit banged up you might be right on there uh Nick Chubb we're, we're staying away from him this week against the Tampa Bay defense right everybody yeah 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 I mean obviously Chubb is a kind of a stud and, but I'm I'm lower on Chubb than most most of the time I want to play him I generally want to play him in positive game script just because he's he's a guy that doesn't get a huge share of the passing game so I don't really want to play him against a tougher run, run defense. Not that Tampa's like as tough as they've been over the past couple of years, but um, not, I just still don't want to play him in a game where they could be down and throwing more. Okay. Yeah. And, I mean, go ahead. No, I, I say I, I, I agree. I mean, I'm not, I'm not avoiding Chubb at all this week. I still think it's his, his juiciest of matchups, but yeah. if, if, if you still had him and you're worried about, well, I need somebody to play, I, I certainly wouldn't say, Oh, I got to sit him because it's the Bucks the run defense. Cause they're definitely not what they used to be. If you're desperate for a wide receiver, I would say Julio Jones is on the table, possibly with Russell Gage still being a little bit questionable. And he showed some signs of life last last time they played. I think it was a couple of weeks ago. But Julio Jones seems to be a name that might be popping up in the Bay Bowl. And if I had an opportunity to play him coming off of, you know, a rest period of time, that'd be the time to play him. Maybe I don't know what an old man's hamstrings do at this point <laughs> of his career, Drew. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm I'm. I I think he's I, we all I think we all agree that Julio Jones's best days are behind him. He is yet the, he had five targets last week. He had five targets in week nine. He hasn't seen more than five targets at all this year, uh, and uh, I, I don't think it's a lot to expect him to suddenly take a massive leap. So he's been he was third in the pecking order uh, last last week. He was third in the pecking order before that, and third in the pecking order the week before that. So I just I don't see him necessarily being of all the guys that are out there he doesn't jump off the page and me as somebody that i've got to play okay all right and and you know i say that because we are in week 12 and so we're looking for some wide receivers and i think that wide receiver yeah. room gets pretty thin in the baby pool pretty yeah. quick so i'm i'm sure. just trying yeah i'm trying to pick yeah. out that third option you know and so julio jones <laughs> might be one of those valuable third options baltimore baltimore ravens at the jacksonville jaguars Rob, I really feel cheated if I didn't play Lamar Jackson yet because something's going on. I don't I don't know what's going on. I don't know that we get the truth out of Harbaugh at all because it just doesn't seem like he's one of those truthful kind of coaches. And so I don't know what's going on with Lamar Jackson, Rob. It's really been disappointing the last couple of weeks, though. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's been interesting, um, and he's he's been disappointing lately. So, um, yeah, it's it's I I don't know either. Um, I know it seems like he a little banged up or something, and something's going on. So, maybe we'll find out for sure to the extent of what's going on or not. Um, who knows? But I mean, I I never shy away from Lamar. Um, he just presents so much upside and and. And uh, he runs. He can run so much. He's just so explosive. Uh, so, at the same time, like you said, it's been a it's been a struggle lately. So it's not as confident of a play as as you normally would think with Lamar. No, I, I, it's not. So I'm I'm kind of hesitant about it. It doesn't seem like his heart or his head's into it or something. I don't I don't know what's going on. They're going to revisit things going into the weekend. Trevor Lawrence, though, this Baltimore Ravens defense seems to be stepping up, Drew. I I, I got to find a right spot to play Trevor Lawrence. And that might be in a week or two, I think, when they play Tennessee, if I'm not mistaken. I think he's got Detroit and then Tennessee is what he has. So I might want to wait on playing Trevor Lawrence as well. 
Well, I think both of these guys have have uh, attractive schedules coming up, and I think that's part of the reason why why Lamar's been struggling a little bit. He's had he's had a pretty tough run of things. So, uh, yeah, Buffalo, Cincinnati, and the Giants, all of them are top ten defenses against quarterbacks, uh, fantasy quarterbacks uh, in in recent weeks, and four of his six interceptions this year were against them. So he's uh, he, Lamar's actually the ninth ranked quarterback overall according to PFF at a 39 so he's not like he's having a, an absolutely atrocious mm. you know Baker Mayfield kind of a season and he's lost Bateman uh you know Mark Andrews was was banged up so this was his first game back and so I, I think now that Andrews is back now and that he that's kind of the offense he goes through and the offense runs through Mark Andrews so I think now that he's back I think that's going to help Lamar right the ship a little bit and his as we know he's an elite runner so I'm not really that worried about Lamar going forward uh I think I think uh, Jacksonville's a favorable matchup for him actually uh, and I, I think I think he'll do quite well. And uh, I, I'm not I also actually am quite high on um, on Trevor this week. I, I'm, I'm higher than consensus, uh, uh, probably much more so than than I probably could or should be. But uh, I, I have him in my top 10 this week. Uh, I really think his, I think he, I think he bounces back in a big way. And I think he finishes the season strong. So I think he's a guy that I'm in read in uh, in redraft, especially super flex. I'm, I'm trying to acquire him now and, and, and hit a run before it starts. because That schedule is coming up is quite favorable for him. Rob, I can't, I can't keep up with them. I'm an old man. Too many names change in places. <laughs> who, 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 who did the Jacksonville Jaguars pick up off the waiver wire for running back? Was it, was it Henderson? Was it James mm-hmm. Robinson? Are they, did they sign Adrian Peterson? <laughs> was it, was it Melvin Gordon? I don't know who they did. Frank Gore. <laughs> yeah, as I say, I think it was, I think it was Frank Gore. So no, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was Henderson. They got, yeah. they landed Henderson. I know, so. I know who it was. I'm <laughs> trying to add a little levity in this, but uh, that's not going to eat into Etienne's uh, production. I don't want to say this week because it's hard to you know sign off the street and come in there and learn the offense and stuff. But what about going forward for the rest of the season? Is that Henderson somebody that maybe if people are running back desperate that they should go out there and pick up and redraft if they have the room for him? I know it's good to take a chance on him, but do you see him cutting into Etienne's uh, uh, carries at all? I hope not. <laughs> um, I love ETN, so I hope not. But I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he does kind of be more of like a change of pace kind of guy, or, or gets somewhat of a a goal line, maybe a little bit of a goal line role, or or something like that. Um, I'm not sure what to really expect out of him because I don't think uh, I, I mean at least logically, I, I wouldn't expect you to expect him to take ETN off the field and long down a distance or passing down situations. Um, ETN's more explosive. He's just all around better, but um, they picked him up. So maybe they just, maybe they'd like him as depth because right now they're rolling with the hasty, I think is the the backup currently and Snoop mm-hmm. Connor. So maybe they just like him as depth piece and, um, and that's it. But I could see, I could see him maybe eating in just um, a little bit of the snap share, a little bit of the touch share, and maybe a little bit of the, the inside the 10, like goal line kind of work. Drew Gus Edwards seems like he's their favorite running back in Baltimore. Uh, whenever he's healthy and whenever <laughs> nobody else is healthy. But I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. is Gus Edwards somebody that you might look to play in the Bay Bowl while you can? Because we got Justice Hill getting a little bit healthier. J.K. Dobbins is right around the corner as well. Kenya Drake seems to take a back seat to all those guys whenever the opportunity arises for them. So is it a week to play Gus Edwards? Uh, not not for me. Uh, I mean, he, it's just, he's, he's coming right off of an injury. Uh, he had a... He didn't play a single snap uh, last week. He didn't play. He hasn't played since week eight. So I think I think the smart play if I, is for the Ravens is to kind of ease him back. Not like what they, that's not not exactly what uh, you know. I think they didn't do that last time. I think they kind of played him 
full full on, even like 17 carries and stuff like that, if I remember correctly, is at his first game. And that, but as you can see, he wore he's he's hurt again. So I think they're if they're hopefully they're learning from their mistakes. Uh, I think Drake's actually going to play as big of a role as Edwards. I, I don't I think it's more it smells like a, a timeshare to me this week. Uh, I really don't want any parts of it. So I think if you're looking to play the Gus Bus, you you wait a couple weeks, uh, wait another week or so for him to kind of get get on his uh, wheels underneath and let us show us what he can do. Uh, and uh, but this is not the the spot for me for for Gus Edwards. Okay, Rob, I don't know wide receiver room here. We know we like to play the ones no matter what. It's sometimes it's a little bit harder to find the twos, and it's sometimes really hard to find the threes. All right, so I'm going to ask you this question, Rob: wide receiver room in this game? Would you rather play Marvin Marvin Jones Jr. or Demarcus Robinson? Wow, that's 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 a that's a tough one. Um, I think Demarcus. Okay. Would you have to go with this week? Okay, a hot hand approach. He, he's he's been pretty good over the last couple of weeks. To Marcus Robinson or Zay Jones, Rob? Uh, probably up? lean Zay. Probably lean Zay, um, but but close. They seem to do better. Zay Jones seems to do better whenever they they have to throw the ball a lot, and so they might. Mm-hmm. This might be the game script to do that. Makes a lot of sense for a wide receiver to be more productive when they have to throw the ball. Zay Jones or Devin Duvernay, Rob? Zay, Zay, Zay again oh. for me. Really? Zay. Is A. Jones then or Christian Kirk, Rob? Kirk. Yeah. Kirk to me. Kirk to me is a clear cut guy in this in this in this game. Do you agree with all those things, Drew, or did you move anybody up or down or along the way? No, I, I think I you spot on. Yeah. I think I I Zay and Demarcus for me is a toss up. Uh just that they're both hot hands. I think Zay uh for me is a slight not as also. Uh but I, I agree with all that. Okay. Every single one of them. Yep. We play Mark Andrews. We uh, get lucky and have to play Evan Ingram on the right week. I don't know if this is the. I don't know. Is it? Uh, who knows with Evan Ingram? <laughs> the weeks he's supposed to, yes. The week he's not, no. I don't know. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Houston at Miami. This looks like a fun game to me right here. And we have. <laughs> That, but Rob Davis Mills got benched. My guy got benched, man. I, I kind of feel bad about that, but he deserved it. And Kyle Allen is coming in and being the quarterback of the Houston Texans this week. That's good for the Miami Dolphins defense, right? I think so. I think so. Um, he's 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 kind of more of a gunslinger, I think, than Davis Mills. Mills is more of like a game manager type. Um, so Kyle Allen might take more chances and might make a little bit more mistakes, take more more sacks uh so we'll see we'll see how it goes though and that's good for the running game then drew because that means it's going to be a running game script for those miami dolphins i i want to say that that is jeff wilson jr's backfield but yeah it seems like most yeah. has a little bit of something to do with it too at times yeah i i think um I, they they show their hand i think in the very first week they had jeff wilson jr they trotted him out there and they made him the guy uh, I mean, that's to me. I mean, that's that was all we needed to see. Uh, he, he played 49 percent of the snaps, most of the 47. So he actually outsnapped them and he outproduced them in this very first week. Second week uh, on the roster, Jeff Wilson played 61 percent of the snaps to most 28 percent. So um, the, the only guy who's playing in the backfield as much as Jeff Wilson is Alec Ingold, the you know, fullback. So I, 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 it tells it tells you something that they want uh, that uh, I think the I think the running game will play a role. And I think Jeff Wilson uh, is the guy that you want to play of the two. Uh, if you've already used Jeff Wilson Jr., uh, you know, Mostert could be a, a sneaky flex option because of the fact that this could be a situation where this this game could, could get out of hand in a hurry and Mostert, Mostert could end up uh, having as big of a day, if not a bigger day, than Wilson if uh, mm-hmm. if they end up if they end up playing their their uh, their their number two guy. 
just to kind of save some uh, some some uh, mileage on Wilson. Sure. So uh, yeah, I just that, there's not a whole lot really in in this game that I that I love. Um, Jeff Wilson, I, I I worry about the games the game getting out of hand quickly, and that, obviously that means good things for for Tua and for um, for Waddle and for uh, Hill and everything else. Uh, to, to go up early, but I, I kind of feel like there's not going to be a whole lot of second half, half action because of a lot of ch- clock churning, uh, and uh, I, I worry about anyone in the Houston Texans, including uh, Damian Pierce this week. I just thought no one there really just does it for me. Yeah, I, I agree with you, and that's what I was thinking too. And I don't want to play Jaseki this week, but it seems like he's involved, Rob, whenever the games kind of get out of hand like this. It seems like that's when they try to get Jaseki in the end zone to let him do the little giddy or gritty or whatever that thing is called uh, <laughs> in the end zone. And so I, I'm I'm kind of eyeballing Jaseki because we it's always hard to find a tight end and to get a production out of him for the Bay Bowl. Yeah, uh, tight end obviously is a really rough spot, and a lot of people, I mean, at this point, <laughs> really are are um, you know looking at not too much great options really left uh, twelve weeks in. So, yeah, um, I mean, really, anyone after the top few are 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 crapshoots. So, I mean, you could do worse than picking a guy that's uh, you know tied to one of the highest like implied team totals of the week. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and you know, just seeing that, I I don't know. That's just what just jumps off at me about the page of Jaseki. Chicago Bears at the New York Jets, thirty-eight and a half point total. Ah, they don't expect that. They don't expect Fields to play at all if it's down there in the thirty-eights, right? I mean, I know he 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 wasn't that big of a bump, Drew, as far as a point total goes. But I I, I would expect that if Vegas thought he was going to play, this one would be in the forty. I don't know. There's no quarterbacks at all. I guess well, for the Jets playing. <laughs> yeah, I think I think this look this screams of a game where the Jets oh. are going to tr- I'm sorry, the uh, the Brown the uh, Bears are going to try to chew the clock and I think they're going to try to I don't know that they're going to do turn uh Fields loose if he does play. I I don't oh. know that they're going to I with that shoulder, I don't think they want to take any more chances and you know It's a hamstring and, too. Yeah, so I just I I don't like I don't like this game. And and uh I I uh, I think I think Montgomery will get the volume, but when you look at also I mean, you have Claypool, you've got uh, Mooney, and then but the, look at the Jets' corners. I mean, those those that's yeah, they have the best pair, of, one of the best, arguably the best pair of corners in the game right now. And I just they're they're having enough time uh, issues in the passing game as it is. So this is I understand the line being what it is, and I I think I think Vegas is assuming he is playing, and it's it's just going to be oh, that. Yeah. So you, you might know. be right. So, and they, they, the Jets uh, weren't a three-three barn burner last week with the Patriots until that. Uh, <laughs> so, so, so you look at two, these two offenses, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking thirty-eight and a half points might be a little high. <laughs> yeah, no, you're, you're, you're right. As I, as I so, sat here yeah. and thought about it, and then thought about yeah. the backup quarterbacks playing for the uh, New York Jets, which yeah. name is not Flacco, by the Mike way, White. Rob. Yeah. What, are, what are we yeah. doing here? Not playing Flacco. <laughs> I mean, seriously, Mike White. What, what are you trying to do if you're trying to groom a young player into? The, just leave Zach. Wilson in there and you're bringing Mike White in are you trying to win games or are you trying to look for the future because if you're trying to look for the future New York Jets the future is not Mike White necessarily it's Zach Wilson allegedly you know that's you keep putting him on a pedestal you keep giving him a pat on the back even whenever you put him to the bench and you say that he's not even going to be active Sunday you're like but he's the quarterback of the future well he's the quarterback of the future what do you put him on the sidelines for you're trying to win put Joe Flacco in there Rob yeah, yeah, they they definitely uh, are screwing that situation. They're talking about how he's the you know still still his career is still the good going to be good there and this and that. I mean, they're just they're just trying to uh, do a PR co- cover at this point. I mean, 
he's he's done there. Um, like Zach Wilson, I, I can't see him having a, a long career in, in New York. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm kind I'm, I am a little bit surprised with not going back to Flacco. Just um, I mean. The first, I mean, a lot of it was volume induced. We we saw him drop back and throw like 50 times a game or whatever it was in, uh, in those first few weeks. And honestly, I was loving it for Garrett Wilson though. Uh, he he had a monster game like week two, I think it was. So um, it's gonna be interesting with 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 Mike White. I mean, we saw last year he uh, enabled Michael Carter to a monster game with all those checkdowns. So we'll see if that happens again. I'm I'm hopeful at least though that uh, I'm hopeful that we can get either some good production from either Garrett Wilson or Michael Carter though. Both. I want both. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping to. I, Fingers now crossed. Now listen, now you know me, Rob, I I was I was tuned into the Allen Robinson situation, right? So I'm going to tell everybody again. That's something that I said I think last week. I'm not sure if I did or not. David Montgomery. And Drew, you touched on it a little bit. He's going to have the a higher workload probably with Justin Fields being back there is not going to happen. You know, hopefully, hopefully, I don't know. The Bears were calling run plays for Justin Fields in the fourth quarter on the last. I don't know what they were doing last yeah, week. We can't but assume rational coaching, right? <laughs> David Montgomery should be getting that higher workload. Yeah. Guys, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. I don't think David Montgomery will be able to hold up to it. He he has been so gimpy over the last year and a half. Something's not right there. I, I, if I'm if I'm anybody, I'm going out and picking up Travis Ebner. Is that what his name is? Ebner. I know his last name's yeah. Ebner. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going out there and picking him up, Treston, Treston Ebner. And I am stashing him on my bench. I think he has got a great role coming forward for the Chicago Bears, especially if Montgomery does get injured. And I don't want him to. I love David Montgomery. Uh, he's giving me his heart. He's giving me his soul. He's giving me his right knee and his left knee, though. That's the thing I worry about, too, as a Bears fan. So I'm picking up Travis uh, Trenton Ebner, and I'm going to uh, stash him on my bench because I think he's going to have a bigger role going forward here drew yeah i think abner played 22 percent snap share uh, was his biggest uh since uh, week four so he definitely played a, big, a bigger role uh, montgomery played 80 percent of the snaps in week which is what you want to see and that's a lot which that's what you want to see if you're looking at a volume running back so i'm not i think he's going to get tons of volume i think that's the only the way that the bears the path to the bears winning beating uh, the jets and win this game is through david montgomery because they're i don't i just don't see him getting it done on the outside with against uh I guess the, the uh, sauce and, you know, and, and, and um, in the corners that they got there at the jets. So I just, I feel, I feel, I feel pretty good about Montgomery. I don't love him, uh, but uh, I think he's, he's a high floor, low ceiling kind of option. So okay. uh, I just temper expectations. He's I, as a flex option. You can do worse. Rob, I've, I've been wanting to pick on the bears defense for a long time now, every single week uh, when it came to DFS or baby bowl or anything, I was following the bears defense around and trying to be productive with that. I think I could do that again this week with the quarterback change, even in New York. Is there any wide receivers though that I need to really pinpoint on? I mean, if it was, if it was Flacco back there, I'd say, Oh, that's a good week to play Corey Davis again too, you know, uh, but I don't know this week. I, we got to wait and see, or how are we doing this? Garrett Wilson is the best one for me. Um, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe you do want to take a take a week to see what how it plays out and what's going on. Um, but yeah, so I mean, if you're gonna play one, it would be Garrett Wilson for me. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll say this too. Uh, a lot of people have cut Elijah Moore, um, and this this is a whole new wrinkle into what's happening in New York. Ooh, yeah. So uh, I, he's a great speculative ad for me if he's been cut in your league. Why mm-hmm. not? If you have the bench spot, pick him up. Because you'll see what happens this week. Because he could, he could really, he could, he could boom this week. You never know. And then all of a sudden, you got a guy on your bench who's, you know, a guy you can, you might be a startable player for you down the stretch. 
Guys, remember when we did this last year with the Jets? And there was a Jeff Smith week in there. It was a Braxton Berrios week. It was, <laughs> I mean, there was like all these different yeah. names popping up yeah. here. And, and that, that's what I just yeah. had a nightmare of here yeah. a second ago. <laughs> Jeff Smith. Jeff Smith. Cincinnati at Tennessee. For me, when it comes to the Baby Bowl, Rob, I, I kind of want to stay away from the Cincinnati players because the Tennessee Titans make games ugly. Okay, they make games ugly, and I I I think I could find the to be able to play the Bengals on a better week than playing against the Titans. Yeah, it could be. Um, this game total is lower than I thought it was going to be. Uh, to be honest, um, considering it's two, you know, above five hundred teams, two generally pretty good teams, and and the Titans defense, like especially the secondary, um, they've been more susceptible to the pass. And we'll see. The, the interesting part is obviously Mixon, whether he goes or not. Um, but I would think, you know, if, if Mixon doesn't go, they, you know, Pirine's not the kind of guy that they are going to want to give 20 carries to. Uh, from, yeah. So um, I would think they would, it would lean even more into a passing and passing attack. And, and so I'd be, I'd probably be still be fine playing some Bengals like pass catchers or Burrow against the Titans secondary. Um, but yeah, it could be a situation. I mean, the Titans obviously want to run the ball. Um, and if they get, give the ball to Derrick Henry a, t- a bunch, 25 plus times and let him grind the game, uh, that could, uh, could get ugly. Drew, uh, when I look at the wide receivers here in this game, Jameer Chase on DraftKings is priced at 7,600. T. Higgins, 6,900. Tyler Boyd, 5,900. And then the highest priced wide receiver for Tennessee is Robert Woods at 4,700. It seems to me like Traylon Burks is going to surpass Robert Woods in DraftKings pricing very, very shortly, if I'm reading those tea leaves correctly. Oh, I agree. I, I really like uh, I, I like uh, Burks a lot. He was my number one uh, wide receiver in this draft coming out. I did not like the landing spot for him, but with, after the... Uh, when with uh, the tra- trade of AJ Brown, though, it definitely opened up some opportunity for him. But just it's a lower volume pass offense. But he showed us what he can do last week when he gets those opportunities. He had eight targets thrown to him, and he caught seven of them. Um, but uh, he's he's what four uh, forty two hundred, I think, on DraftKings. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, for <laughs> it's it's hard to beat that in terms of value. Uh, mm-hmm. You got a guy got a guy with his ceiling who is coming off a hundred yard day. Uh, his breakout game. So I love, I love, I love that price at 4,200. And I'm with you, uh, Rob, on the, on your take on the Bengals Titans game. Uh, the over under is kind of surprising. What it tells me is that Vegas doesn't think that uh, Mixon's going to play because P Ryan's not special. Mixon is P Ryan's not. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's what that tells me. And I think that tells me that they're expecting the Bengals to have some issues kind of moving the ball more than they, more than we think. Uh, and, uh, uh, he's still in the mix still in the concussion protocol as of, t- as of today, uh, as of Wednesday. So I'm, I'm, I don't know that, um, that, uh, uh Pete Ron's a guy that I'd like to start in this situation. Um, but, uh, I mean, I, I just, I, I'm back, bringing it back to the Burks. I think, I think he's a guy you got to play. I'm Woods. I'm, okay. I'm not playing him. Uh, I like, I, I can play T Higgins at that price. Uh, but I, I think it's just, Chase is just mm-hmm. too rich for me coming in his first game back from a major injury. Sure. And I'm going to put uh, Austin Hooper on everybody's baby bowl radar uh, because he, he's got active. He's been involved. And the Tennessee Titans in the past have liked to use Austin Hooper or like, a, like, like to use a tight end. And Austin Hooper might be finally getting inclimated into that or acclimated, acclimated into that offense. Yep. 
So uh, just keep an eye on Austin Hooper if you need a baby bowl tight in dart throw. Atlanta at Washington is our next one here, fellas. Rob, this is not an outdoor game. This is not I mean, an indoor game. I'm sorry. This is not in a dome. This is in Washington. It's getting cold. Uh, surely Marcus Mariota season is over in Atlanta, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't love this game, uh, to be honest. I think it's uh, – I think when I was looking, it was one of the slowest – Slowest pace when you're talking about the oh, yeah. if you take the, the combined pace between the two between two teams. Um, you got Arthur Smith running running the ball every play he can get. Um, <laughs> and uh, so so yeah, it could be a game that's. I mean, the the over under is at forty and a half, and could be end up being a low scoring game. As uh, I mean, the Falcons defense, their their secondary is one you can pick on. Um, but at the same time, we saw the Commanders a couple weeks ago run it. I think. Brian Robinson had 26 carries himself and uh and Gibson still had a bunch of carries too so they they can be a run run heavy team as well um thanks a lot for bringing that up cuz I was there for that one and yeah it was against the Eagles oh, thanks thanks so much for bringing that right, up that's right that's right i forgot i forgot it was against the Eagles i forgot that's yeah that's tough yeah, that's a tough yeah, one yeah. that's a tough yeah, one yeah. the point you're yeah. you're spot on point on go keep yeah. yeah no no you're good yeah yeah it's it, it's tough uh this game i mean you want you kind of want to like it more than than what it is, just because the Falcons' defense is one to pick on. But at the same time, it's it's kind of a game where it, we could be seeing two run-heavy, slow-paced teams. Uh, so not that's not like inducive or conducive for for offense. Okay, so we're going to stay away. Not a lot of baby booms in that one. Let's move on then to the next one here when we play the Los Angeles Chargers and the Arizona Cardinals. This looks like a great opportunity for the Los Angeles Chargers to put up a lot of points, a lot of points. And, Drew, I know that you are one that likes slot receivers. I, I really I don't know. <laughs> if I just figure you did. Uh, but uh, it, it seems to me that Arizona has one in what's a, what's a, what's the little fellow's name? It's not Rondale Moore because Rondale Moore's hurt. It's Dorch. Dorch. Greg Dorch is that guy who you were looking to maybe play this week for Arizona uh, for this Los An- against this Los Angeles Charger team. He's a sneaky play. He played 93% of the snaps last week um, in 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 uh, the absence of Rondale Moore, who sadly went down. Um, who was having a, and I'm really sad to see that too, because I was a big Rondale Moore guy coming in this year mm-hmm. and uh, he was really starting to kind of break out, but George really impressed. So he had, he kind of, he had a few nice games earlier this year. Uh, and, uh, but he, he showed out last week. So, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I guess chargers don't scare me, uh, defensively. And that's a pretty high total 48. It's a pretty little above average total there. Uh, I could see George having a day. I mean, he's okay. a good flex option. Why not? So. It's 48 point total, so that seems like it is conducive to a lot of good things. And Rob, it's in a dome, of course, so we're firing up everybody. There's, uh, do you see anybody, Rob, that's a baby bull bust in here that people might want to play, but you're just going to tell them to stay away from? Baby bull bust. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, I, I I do like pretty much everyone. I mean, I was trying to think through the positions. Eckler, Connor, both fine for me. Um, Hopkins, obviously fine. Keenan, fine. I think Murray's um, playing. So that, yeah, that helps out everything. Yep. Herbert and Murray, both, both fine to play. Um, I was trying to think of Gerald Everett could be an interesting one, but he's coming back probably, victory, though. Yeah. that's the thing. He's probably the one I would steer clear from, um, coming off a groin, uh, issue. It's to remain, remain remains to be seen if he's going to play for sure or not. But I mean, 
I would I would probably steer clear of uh, Everett though. So if Everett doesn't if Everett doesn't play, are we uh, looking at Trey McKitty against this atrocious Cardinals? <laughs> yeah, they're horrible against the tight end. <laughs> yeah, so are, is that is that too cute or in a in a seventeen week uh, league or or uh, or no? I don't know. I don't know. I because I, I thought about that myself and I'm like, is that getting too cute or is it is it not? Um, I mean, I love the matchup. I don't matchup, know. I, I still don't. I don't know if I believe in the player. That's the thing. So. Yeah, he's only, yeah, twenty eight hundred on DraftKings, by the way, Trey McKitty, who we're talking yep. about here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's more more conducive uh, to DraftKings than yeah, than Baby Bowl. Yep. Um, but yeah, Baby Bowl, I think I probably still steer clear. Um, I don't. I if if someone goes to it though with Everett out, um, especially I don't know has Mike Williams been for sure ruled out or not? I'm, I'm expecting him not to play, but yeah, he's I, not playing. He ain't okay. Play. He's okay. not ruled out, but he ain't playing. That's Doctor yeah. West talking. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean that's the thing is that if if he's if you know Williams is out and Everett's out, I wouldn't hate I wouldn't hate it honestly yeah. in this matchup if, if someone went uh, McKitty uh, tight end is not great and again what we were talking about uh, we we're talking about it earlier with uh, Gasicki you can do worse than you can do worse than play nice. a, a tight end in a high uh, a high game total right guys. If we spend 30 more seconds talking about Trey McKitty, you guys are going to have to give me five <laughs> minutes of talking about the CIA's Operation Acoustic Kitty is what you guys are going to have to do. And you're going to have to listen to me the entire time. Las Vegas at Seattle. We're moving on. We're moving nice. on. Uh, 47 and a half point total for this one, guys. Uh, it might be a little bit rainy weather. might be everything. But this looks like a shootout to me, Rob. A sneaky little shootout. 47 and a half point total. I think this one could possibly be in the 50s. Maybe there is some weather concerns and everything. Seattle's coming off a bye week. This looks like a great spot for Josh Jacobs. It looks like a great spot for Kenneth Wall. Everybody's going to score in this game. Is there anybody I should stay away from, Rob, in this baby bowl boom game? Yeah, I don't know. I love it. I love this game. I love this game too. Uh, in in Gino, we trust <laughs> the defenses. That's who you stay away from. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a good yeah, point. That's, that's true. <laughs> Uh, when I, is there any, uh, what was I going to ask? I, I had a good one for you, Drew, cause you had all the snap counts and you yeah. had everything. Uh, Josh Jacobs is huge, huge right now. As far as the amount of usage that he's getting, it's got to be unprecedented compared to the rest of the league. Yeah. He's, he's the guy. I mean, he's getting what his 473 snaps that he's played this so far this year. And, uh, I, I think Amir Abdullah has 89 is the next closest on that. Wow. Team. So I mean he's playing he played 79% in week 10, 80% in week 11. That's 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 super high for running back and he's topped 80%. Was it 79% or better? 1 2 3 4 5 times uh since week 4. So he's uh, I think there's only been uh since week with week 8 and 9 I think he dipped below 70%. But he's he's on the field as much as anyone else in the league and and he's having a great season and and that Seattle defense is Live will get steamrolled by Josh Jacobs this week. So I, I love him this week. Okay. All right. I, I think that's that's real good. I think there are a lot of baby bowl booms here. Probably, yeah. I, I don't know there's a tight end in this game necessarily that we want to necessarily pick on. There's a lot of, you know, barking about Morrow or Morrow or whatever his name is every week. And he seems to be a little bit more of a disappointment than anything. Everything's going getting funneled to De- Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs in this offense right now. And as far as a Will Disley or anything like that, I, I don't know, Rob. Do you got a good clear cut Disley, Fant, Morrow? Yeah, um, I mean, 
I would I would rank them this week of the three. I would rank it Moro, Fant, Disley. Personally, I mean, I'm I I don't mind going to Moro. Um, Braveable purposes, probably DraftKings purposes. Uh, Fant, Fant, and Disley. I'm kind of steering clear of. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, I agree. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, next game, Los Angeles Rams at the Kansas City Chiefs. This point total is at 43. 42 of them are for the Kansas City Chiefs. The one point goes to the <laughs> Los Angeles. Uh, look, everything's just falling apart in Los Angeles right now. Everything. Drew, is this a week where you want to play a Cam Akers because there's not a lot of competition there for him? Or do you expect Williams to be able to get a little bit more run this week? Well, uh, Cam Akers actually had a pretty decent day last week. Gary. He um, he had uh, let me pull it up here. I just had a just moved it one second, but he had a was it 16 some carries like that. So 14 so. carries, so 61 yards. So uh, and that was his that was the second most high. He does the highest carries total since week two. So he touched the ball more than he had since week two. Uh, and in uh, a week that they let Daryl uh, Darrell Henderson go, it tells me uh, Daryl Henderson, sorry, it tells me that Cam's their guy. Um, uh, Kyron Williams did uh, see a, a rise in his his in touches. He went from four touches week ten to eight in week eleven. Um, I mean, I think they have plans for Kyron, and I think that's why they let um, uh, Henderson walk. So mm-hmm. Ky- Kyron played fifty five percent of the snaps, whereas Akers only played thirty three percent. So I, I don't know for, with with one hundred percent confidence that Akers is going to be uh, the the the, um, the you know the lead guy, if you will, but I, sure. I think he's going to see enough sh- snaps where uh, he's uh, he's a worthwhile play against the Chiefs, and uh, and uh, but Kyron's definitely somebody to watch. So I, I'm a little hesitant on Akers' rest of the season. I'm a little gun shy about uh, about really uh, putting hold too much stock in him. Um, could he take off? Sure, um, but is it possible that Kyron Williams really starts to be that that guy? Yes, we heard there was a very strong drumbeat for him in the off season. Uh, they loved him. Uh, the, the analytics guys and didn't really care for his measure his uh his metrics coming out. Uh, he was a very disappointing combine. But uh, the team loves him, and that's the important thing: is that when the, when you, when the team loves him, the coaching staff loves him. They see yeah. the utility, and they 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 see the fit. Uh, that matters so much more. And uh, it's the fact that he's already playing over more than fifty percent of the snaps his second game back. Uh, mm-hmm. That 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 makes that makes me a little bit nervous for for Akers, even though um, he you know it's quite likely he could he could get enough volume to be I mean, worthwhile this week. So I mean, if you're going to play Cam, this is probably the week to do it because uh, it gets pretty cloudy from here on out. Okay, that sounds good. And uh, speaking of playing a running back, I think that we could play Pacheco. I think the Los Angeles Rams have pretty much quit this week, this year altogether, <laughs> Rob. I, I I love what Pacheco looks like this going forward with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire going on IR. Maybe that opens up an opportunity for Ronald Jones to finally see the play. I remember when he went there to Kansas City. I don't think he was going to at all. But, you know, they like to implement the three running back situation there. And Jarek McKinnon, eh, you know, fumbled last week and stuff. I'm not going to say play Ronald. I'm just, I'm just mentioning Ronald Jones's name. I think it's a Pacheco week, and I think it's a smash spot for him, Rob. Yeah, um, I don't love love him. Um, okay, but just because he's not that involved in the passing game, but it is a situation where they're big favorites. Um, yeah, and he's he's the guy that you know seems to get the carries. Um, more McKinnon's more of the pass down guy, it seems like, and um, so obviously Pacheco playing him in a in a positive game script is where you want to, and this clearly is. So I like him for sure. I just don't necessarily love him, but again, it's a situation where he has they have a high implied total so who's to who's to say that he doesn't uh, punch it in a couple times you just said yeah. it and i said it the opposite okay you just said that <laughs> and i said the opposite 
<laughs> yeah, you know, you know. I, interestingly enough, do you know the uh, running back who has the most red zone touches on the uh, Chiefs this year is Jarek McKinnon. 18, 18 of them. So Pacheco has ten, um, but uh, Pacheco also has as as many as McKinnon in the last two weeks. So, mm-hmm. uh, but so I think I think McKinnon's another guy to kind of keep in mind. But I th- I think the game script really screams Pacheco here. I do too. I do too. See, there's two against one, Rob. I win. <laughs> I win this week. Thank you. I, I got. I gave Drew a five dollar bill though. Hey, Juju Smith Schuster. He'll be active and involved, I believe, because I made a trade for him in a league of mine. So I'm really believing this now. I don't think that. There's, I, don't, I don't know. There's there's nobody else that I'm looking at here from the wide receivers guys that I, I really want to play. I can't trust MVS. I don't know that there's anybody for the Rams wide receivers that I'll play in a negative game script for them. I, I just don't know what to do with that at all. Yeah, it's it's a, it's kind of a tough situation, especially on the Rams side. You got uh, it looks like Perkins is going to start. Um, yeah, so it's it's just you, they're they've already been rough even with Stafford and obviously no cup. It's just really really a rough situation for them. And obviously Juju was kind of the main guy there and went down. He's coming back. Um, so Juju to me is like would be as long as he plays, he would be the top guy. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's 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 clouded all the way around. Yeah, and that that was a dirty hit. I think Juju got last time, right? That's why he was out with a concussion at all. So if he comes back this week, I look for them to find him in the end zone. You know what I mean? And plus, mm-hmm. you, you can only give Travis Kelsey so many touchdowns in a year, right? They got to go to somebody <laughs> else. <laughs> well, keep an eye on Sky Moore. Uh, he had he had forty two percent snap share this past week, which is his highest that he's played so far this year. So I think the opportunity is there for him. Um, I, I believe in his talent. I, I really liked him coming out. Uh, and this could be a week where he shows out, but uh, and I think I think Jalen Ramsey is probably going to have his hands full with with Juju if he plays or MVS, who uh, or more likely or somebody else of that ilk. Um, Kadarius Tony, I don't know what's going on with him. I think he got hurt, and we know uh, what's going on with him. We he's, know. Yeah, he he got hurt, <laughs> and hey, he just he he uh he uh gave me a nice squadoosh in the in the baby bowl this past week. I know week, everywhere. So. I, 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 fin- I, I finished second and a uh, baby bowl this past week. And that's with the zero from Kadarius Tony. So thanks a lot for that Kadarius. So yeah, I, was, <laughs> I was in the Tony boat and many, yeah. many things ah, made me yeah. so upset. All right. Yeah. Uh, New Orleans at San Francisco. We still got two, three games left. We're going to get this in uh, to under an hour and 10 minutes anyway. Uh, yeah. can, uh, so New Orleans, San Francisco, this is 43 point total. Rob, I was right again. Can I, how many times have I, I, I say what I'm wrong. I'm plenty of times wrong. I, I, I know everybody knows I'm wrong, but I think I was right with Christian McCaffrey only having a ceiling of about 17, 18 fantasy points, which isn't bad, by the way. It's not bad. I was worried, though, that he wasn't going to be able to see the same kind of 20-point range. So I was right on that one because there's just too many mouths to feed in that San Francisco offense. Yeah, when he came over, um, we were a little bit worried about the, about the, about the volume uh, with, with the, like you said, a lot of mouths to feed. It looked great the first, like it was like the well, not the first first week, but that that first second full week. week, yeah, that uh, second week there, and and uh, but that then uh, Mitchell came back, and it seems like they want to give Mitchell a good amount of carries. Um, to me, McCaffrey's being used kind of like we see Eckler and Kamara used in a mm-hmm. sense. Um, so it's still, you know, I I, th- I think of him as the same as as those kind of guys. Um, and obviously we've seen Eckler. He's been the top guy. So like I still think of them, you know, as a him as an elite uh PPR back. Um but yeah, it's not quite the same as the role he was seeing in, in Carolina. Just on Drew, a better offense though. Drew, 
Agreed. I, 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 I Drew, when I, I know it was against the Arizona Cardinals, and I know Colt McCoy was the quarterback, but I was sitting there watching the San Francisco 49ers. I didn't watch them long because I, I saw where it was going <laughs> the, last week's game. They, they, they appeared to me to be the favorites now in the NFC because you just – I don't know how people are going to be able to defend them, and if they do defend them, I think they have got a talented enough coaching staff to be able to figure something out midway through the game to just change it all up and to be able to go in a different direction. Am I crazy for thinking that they ha- are the favorites now in the NFC, Drew? Well, as an as a card carrying Eagles fan, I'm gonna have to disagree with you on that one. But uh, <laughs> but uh, but uh, but I do I do agree with you that they are they are now in the Super Bowl conversation. So they they are if they're not they are de- they are definitely in this conversation of who's the best team in the. You can't have that conversation of who's the best team in the NFC without in- including the 49ers now. So you are 100 percent on that offense is scary. Uh, they have so there's so there are so many different ways they can beat you. Uh, CMC adds a whole new dimension. Um, I do agree with the utilization uh, concern with Eli Mitchell back there getting carries and also Devo sometimes being mm-hmm. used potentially in that role as well in the out of the backfield from time to time. So I do think that his ceiling is kind of limited, but from a from a from a whole team standpoint, and uh, they're 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 pretty scary. And uh, it's a matter of staying healthy. Uh, I mean, Garoppolo is a, a, a pretty steady distributor of the football. Uh, I don't know. I will have to see if he's a guy that can get him over the mountain. But uh, I, you're talking to a fan of a guy who. Whose team won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles? So yeah, yeah right. <laughs> so, but it's it's definitely possible. So okay, All right. and from the New Orleans side of things, I'm not worried about their defense. San Francisco is at home. It looks like they're just figuring out this offense, and they're still going to want to toy around with it and play with it a little bit more heading into the playoff uh, scenario. So I think that they're going to try to refine all those things. From a New Orleans offensive standpoint, though, guys, I. I can't use Kamara this way. I can't. I don't. I, I don't want to use any of these guys. Anybody looks like a baby bull boom in here, or are they all just baby bull bust, Rob. Yeah, I mean it's not ideal this week for any of them. I still don't think it's like bad to play Kamara or Alave, um, but for baby bull purposes, I probably wouldn't wouldn't be going there. This wouldn't be like the ideal week to to play any of them. All right, and okay, let's we got we got the Philadelphia Eagles next, Drew. I I should just open it up with that and let you run with it. You know, Jalen Hurts is one of my guys. He's from Alabama. I'm a big Alabama fan, so Jalen Hurts has always been special to me. For for me though, when I look at the wide receiver room, I'm not sure what's going on there right now. Is he just picking and choosing whoever he wants, or are they kind of lost without a Dallas Goddard back there? Well, Goddard really, um, you really saw his absence. Uh, uh, he was really felt this past week. So in the first half of that game this past week, uh, every single backup tight end, there was three of them that played. Uh, it was Greg Calcaterra uh, and uh, Tyree Jackson and Jack Stoll, uh, and not in that order. But every single one of them drew a penalty in the first half, and they combined for one catch for seven yards in the entire game. Yee. So they, they, they combined for more penalty yards, three times as many penalty yards, I think, as the receiving yards. So we definitely missed Dallas Goddard. Uh, the team definitely misses him in a big way. Uh, but I do think that uh, that's going to – I mean, Hurts did. You, you saw. We all saw what he did. He put a cape on at the end and won, and won the game. Uh, but uh, uh, Smith and, and, and A.J. Brown aren't going anywhere. A.J. Brown is still as dominant as ever. He had, a, I think, he minor had a minor underreported foot injury. Um, that kind of uh, in was it in that Washington game where he caught one catch for seven yards. So that slid him down. But he 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 played this past week. He wasn't super productive, but I, I think he might be dealing with some some effects from that. Um, okay. But uh, Devonta Smith has been really catching everything thrown his way. So he's been used on a lot of short inter- intermediate routes. He hasn't really th- gone downfield to Devonta much at all. 
Um, but I, I think he's he could play. He's has he's showing me that he's got a higher floor now as in PPR leagues uh, than he than he did at the outset because I think Smith hurts uh, is starting to look his way a little bit more. Uh, and uh, so I think I, I'm not really worried about the the team going forward. I think they're in a little bit of a rust patch. But once once Goddard comes back, I think that'll help set things right. My okay. my main concern with the Eagles is uh, how they're using Miles Sanders. Uh, Against the Washington in the Washington game, he had one carry in the first half. Meanwhile, Brian Robinson was running the ball down their throats. So um, I kind of feel like the Washington was beating them at their own game because here's the Eagles, one of the best offensive lines in the league, and they could be doing the exact, the exact same thing to Washington, what Washington was doing to them. So uh, I'm more concerned about um, the play calling, um, and I think that, that they're kind of trying to figure that out right now. They they had a similar issue last last year, middle of the season. They were uh, the, the Thursday night game against the Buccaneers was an absolute disaster. Uh, and uh, there's sarcastic cheers, and they finally gave Miles Sanders the ball. He ripped off an 18 yard run. <laughs> I and, and, I, and, and at that game, at that moment, the, at, from that point forward, the, the Eagles just totally changed the kind of team that they were. They went from being a, a team that mm. wanted to pass the ball to a team that just ran the ball down your throat and just let Jalen Hurts do his thing with his legs. And between this, and they ended up making the playoffs. They went on an improbable run, made the playoffs, and made some noise. And um, I kind of feel like they're kind of feeling their way right now, also. And that's this we've seen this before. And mm-hmm. Sirianni fixed, uh, figured it out last year. Uh, I kind of and uh, and 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 uh, the offensive coordinators as well. I, I feel like the coaching staff is just kind of going back to drawing board this week. I'm not really concerned with the direction. And I, okay. I, I I'm not going to panic if you have a, if I have AJ Brown or, or that. Uh, I think. Uh, better days are ahead for him for sure. Okay. It's crazy, Rob, too, how every single year Goddard and Ertz end up on the injured list at the same time, even if they're playing on separate teams there. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just what happens, ends up happening. Uh, for me, Rob, when you look at the Green Bay Packers, I'm not sure that there are any baby ball booms this week. I'm more tempted to play Aaron Jones than anybody else on their, on their roster just because I, I don't think a lot of things can get done with a secondary. And honestly, I think this game is going to be one of those slow-paced games as well. Yeah, I could see that. Um, Aaron Jones probably is the best play uh, about all of them. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not really too excited to play uh, play anyone from from uh, Green Bay, to be honest. Is Christian no. Watson a sell high? Mm. Not <sighs> no, not for me. Not for me. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's catching like a lot him. of touchdowns, but is he yeah. is he getting the work where yeah. you know we can't depend on those touchdowns each and every week like that? Well, he's he's for the last two weeks he's been second in snap shared only to Lazard, uh, so he's he's on the field. He's been and when he's been making throwing the ball, he's been making plays. And I think once Alan once Aaron Rodgers has your trust, I think that's it. He's locking he's locking onto to Watson and Lazard, and I think those are his guys right now. I think I think Watson's mm-hmm. end of the conversation is a guy. You, I, I I I do cons- I think Watson has a has a lower floor. Then I think people would admit. I think that's what you're kind of getting at here in a, in a roundabout kind of way. I don't think he's a sell high, um, but I, I I think he's. We love Gabe Davis in this in this community. I think Watson has that same kind of profile of he's a guy who can you know have a a, a four catch for forty yard week one week and then he could you know, absolutely blow it out of the water the next. So he's just he's got he's a physical freak. Uh, his his metrics are pretty much unmatched. Uh, and uh, and if and if he starts seeing consistent volume, his ceiling is through the roof. So I just I don't want to sell that. No, okay. All right. That sounds yep. good. That sounds good. Uh Rob, Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, last game on the board. Uh I I'm not sure there's a lot of plays here. Thirty nine point total. 
Is there anybody, baby bull booms, tough to say after 10 o'clock at night, guys, uh, baby bull booms here in this game that you just got to have in this, in this one, Rob? Not necessarily. Um, I mean, tough. I've, I've, I'm, I've always, I'm always higher on Deontay than most people. So I don't love it. Um, he was dropped in one of my leagues, by the way, Deontay Johnson. Same. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can't blame people. Um, I mean, I do have him below Pittman. So Pittman would be the guy I prefer the most, um, in terms of the, the pass catching in this game. I think Friar Muth is, is interesting. He's been a lot more involved ever since the, they dealt Claypool. Probably going to be a top five or six option in my rankings this week. And obviously, Jonathan Taylor looks like he's getting back uh, healthy again. Najee has, has looked better the past few weeks. Um, I don't love Najee, but um, I mean, volume volume plays. So um, my thing is, I'm, I'm sure people have most likely probably already played Jonathan Taylor, I would, I would think, um, in Baby Bowl. And maybe maybe even Pittman and Deontay, but um, yeah. So those are the interesting ones. I think the one that's the most widely available probably would be Friar Muth uh, yeah. that that you'd play. In or Pickens, Bowl. I guess maybe. What do you yeah. think about Pickens? Pickens is interesting too to me. Um, it's just that Indianapolis defense, right? That that Colt yeah. defense is kind of tough against wide receivers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that and they are, um, and then. Eh. I don't know. I, I love the, I, I, you know, I'm going to go to, I love the dome, the dome factor. And then I love the, <laughs> the, the, uh, I love the potential game script. I mean, I, I always like game scripts where the team is underdog. And even if they're a slight underdog, cause then you, you know, trying to push pace, keep up things like that. So yeah, I, I don't mind going to Pickens. Uh, he'd probably be third or maybe fourth. It's close between him and Paris Campbell for me. Um, yeah, I like Paris Campbell too. Yeah. Yeah. So those two would be pretty close to me, and then I'd have Deontay a step above, and then Pittman a step above. Oh, Pittman for sure. Yeah, Pittman's the class of the class of this uh, game for sure for me. So yeah. I, I I think that we go rewind one thing. Uh, we talked about mm-hmm. that Green Bay uh, Philadelphia game. The one you guys are looking at what you know tight end sneaky tight ends Tanyan uh, for Green Bay. Uh, that's yeah. that seems. Uh, the Eagles defense can be kind of leaky against tight ends at times. Sometimes they've had some breakdowns with that. So I can see him uh, scoring a touchdown or two um, and that's, and, uh, and maybe even getting some volume. We'll see. Uh, I mean, he's, he's a, a boom bust guy, but you know, so is Hooper. So is McKitty. So the guys we're talking about. So he's, he's, as, he's as good of his dart throw as anybody. So at, at this point of the, as, at this point of the baby bowl season, everybody is a dart throw. Everybody yeah. is. Yep. Hey, Good job by you guys. I appreciate every one of you, especially here on Thanksgiving. I am very thankful for you, Rob Norton. And I'm very thankful for you, Drew. You stepped in. You did a wonderful job. I wasn't expecting everything that you brought to the table, but I sure did love it, Drew. That was wonderful. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Appreciate me on. Oh, no, no, no. Our pleasure. At Drew Delaware over on Twitter, Rob, you picked out a great guest in Drew. Yeah, definitely, definitely. He'd been on high on the list for sure. I was glad he finished finished high, and uh, even if he didn't, I'd see he was high on the list uh, as a as a fill in for sure. Um, so yeah, and and Drew, thank you for coming on. Appreciate appreciate you uh, coming on a short notice, and appreciate uh, you know being a part of a big part of the baby bowl. Appreciate that a lot. A pleasure anytime. It's a it's a pleasure, and uh, I love the the format. It's a great great cause. Uh, you're doing great things, Rob. Keep up the good work, and looking forward to the playoff one. Thank you. I appreciate it. 
Hey, Drew, can they find you anywhere else other than Twitter at Drew Delaware over on Twitter? Or did you write in things or are you doing anything like that? Sure. Well, I write for QB List and they've got a QB List has a pretty good presence on Reddit as well. Um, so there's a, we do a sit start article. Uh, we just actually published ours today for the for the entire week. Uh, so that's you can find that on Reddit as well as Twitter. Uh, and uh, so they're doing some good things there. And then every every week after the games, uh, the, the very next day, you'll find a, what we saw articles written by guys on our team that do a really good job of breaking down every game. Um, uh, you know, obviously what they saw, you know, take trends, takeaways. Uh, and then I was uh, on the podcast for that this past week too, with uh, Eric Smith, our editor in chief. I, f- I filled into for Ryan Heath, who's a, uh, the usual sidekick for that one. Uh, mm-hmm. But he was, uh, I think Ryan was, a uh, was uh, ner- probably getting warm from the uh, Giants Patriot, uh, the Jets Patriots game. He was at that barn burner. We're talking <laughs> oh, about yeah. The game. <laughs> yeah. So, but thanks a lot for, again, for having us on. And uh, I really appreciate the opportunity. No problem. Thank you all so much. And I will remind everybody to set those lineups early, right? You got to set the lineups early, Rob. You got to do it before the games kick off. If you want any of those players from the six or three games from the six teams uh, playing there on Thursday, right? Yeah, definitely. Make sure you set a full lineup too. I, I mentioned it, you know, on Twitter and in, in the baby bowl chat. But if you want to use anyone from any of the games tomorrow, make sure you set a full lineup. You can always go back and change the guys that haven't played, but it won't register unless you set a full lineup. So like, you can't just put one guy in and think it's going to go through. Yeah, and make sure you save. <laughs> yeah, yeah so that's, that's, that's that always important too. Well, yeah, I got yeah. homework to do. I, I opened up my big mouth and I got homework to do for the Bay Bowl to look at the future schedules of every team in the three. <laughs> oh, boy, thirty-two teams. I got to All right, good job, everybody. Hey, have a happy Thanksgiving and try to make an impact in somebody's life today. Happy Thanksgiving.